I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands, under God indivisible with liberty and justice for all. like you've been sleeping well. Megan, he's back. The my pillow guy. And you're looking good. He's still feeling good. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, we've got the best pillow ever. My pillow 2.0. When I invented my pillow, it had everything you'd ever want in a pillow. Well, now there's new technology that makes it even better. My pillow 2.0 has my patented fill combined with a cooling fabric with temperature regulating thread. My pillow 2.0 is truly the next generation of my pillow. The best sleep just got even better. Whether you have a my pillow or not, you need to get the brand new my pillow 2.0. Call or go to mypillow.com now. Use your promo code and for a limited time when you buy one, you'll get a second one absolutely free. You're sleeping even better and cooler too. And you're looking good. Feeling good. I knew you would. Visit mypillow.com. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask. Refuse to stay at home. We will not comply with Fauci. We will not comply with Joe Biden. And we will not comply with authoritarian governors. I am not going to comply. This ends now.
I am a soldier in the army of my God. The Lord Jesus Christ is my commanding officer. The Holy Bible is my code of conduct. Faith, prayer, and the Word are my weapons of warfare. I have been taught by the Holy Spirit, trained by experience, tried by adversity, and tested by fire. I am a volunteer in this army. I am enlisted for eternity. I will not get out, sell out, be talked out, or pushed out. I am a soldier. I am not a baby. I do not need to be pampered, petted, primed up, pumped up, picked up, or pepped up. Because I am a soldier. No one has to call me, remind me, write me, visit me, entice me, or lure me. Because I am a soldier. No one has to send me flowers, gifts, food, cards, candy, or give me handouts. I do not need to be cuddled, cradled, cared for, or catered to. I am committed. I am a soldier. I cannot be discouraged enough to turn me aside. I cannot lose enough to cause me to quit. I will win. I am more than a conqueror. I will always triumph. I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Devils cannot defeat me. People cannot disillusion me. Weather cannot weary me. Sickness cannot stop me. Battles cannot beat me. Money cannot buy me. Governments cannot silence me. And hell cannot handle me. I am a soldier. Even death cannot destroy me. For when my commander calls me from this battlefield, he will promote me to captain and then allow me to rule with him. I am a soldier in the army. I am marching. I am claiming victory. I will not give up. I will not turn around. I am a soldier. dream the other night. I didn't understand. A figure walking through the mist with a rifle in his hand. His clothes were torn and dirty as he stood there by the bed. He took off his three-cornered hat and speaking low, he said, We fought a revolution to secure your liberty. We wrote the Constitution as a shield from tyranny. For future generations, this legacy we gave to make you the land of the free and home of the brave. The freedoms we secured for you, we thought you'd always keep. But tyrants labor endlessly while your parents were asleep. Now your freedom's gone. Your courage is lost. You're no more than a slave in your land of the free and home of the brave. You buy permits to travel, permits to own a gun, permits to start a business or build a place for one. On land you think you own, you pay your yearly rent. 
but you don't have a voice in saying how that money's spent. Now your children attend a school that doesn't educate, and your Christian values can't be taught according to the state. You read about your current news in a regulated press and pay more taxes than you owe to that thing called IRS. Your money's no longer made of silver or gold. You trade your wealth for paper so your life can be controlled. And you pay for crimes that make your nation turn from God in shame. Now you've taken Satan's number and traded in your name. You give your government control to those who could do you harm so they could padlock churches and steal the family farm and keep the nation deep in debt while putting men of faith in jail and then harass your fellow countrymen while your corrupt courts prevail? Your public servants don't uphold the solemnest they've sworn and now your daughters visit doctors so their children won't be born. You send guns and artillery to foreign shore and then you send your youth to slaughter fighting other people's wars. Could you regain the freedoms for which we fought and died? Or have you lost your courage and your faith to stand with pride? Are there no more values for which you fight to save? Or do you wish your children to live in fear and be a slave? And people of this republic, it's time to rise and take a stand. Defend the Constitution, the supreme law of your land. Preserve your great republic and every God-given right. And let us pray to God to keep that torch of freedom burning bright. right place to recruit for a militia. God save King George! Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now, on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. For dispatch, this song is called Bang Bang. Nice tempo.
She woke me up with a bang bang, looking over cross eyed. Had a big onset, the world was a big lie. When I got up, all the blood to my head got so dizzy, fell back into my bed. I went over to the west side, looking for the high time. Where will I find? Will I find? Will I find? Find all I saw was a man that had a hat that had a palm for me. Been there for years. Can someone tell me how long we come to? Tell me. Could not find. Wake up to tell me. Come on, wake up. Wake up to show me what I could not find. You see, this woman woke me up at a quarter to three, and I didn't know it then, but she put a spell on me. Said I had to go down to where the cliffs meet the sea and meet an old man to present my plea. So I hit it way down to the big pier. To wait and confront my big fear. I wheeled around behind to my blind side to find an old man with a lime and a kind eye. I said, Mister, Mister, would you be so long? Would you be a saint and tell me just where I'm going? He pointed to a conch shell and then to the lime. Said, This is all I really need to get by. Wake up, tell me. Show me what I could not say. I should have been sleeping, been sleeping, been sleeping, been sleeping the day away. Somebody pull down the shade. Excuse me, have you got the time? He shrugged his shoulders, said, "Get a spine, coconut, hit me on the head, Jones, and for a fig, I got booked last night. I need another fix, thing."
was just then I see a twinkle twinkle in the old man's eye in a wave toss bottle just thrown to the sky I caught it on a rebound it landed with a soft sound I took out the message and put the bottle down inside was the antidote to the spell and I read it to the man cause he couldn't read so well said don't worry about a thing you know your path is true just ease your mind have a banana or two well goodness goodness woe is me the man nearly pipped I learned that he was free but just before we left and started kicking in I picked up the bottle and kick kick shuffle shuffle back to the beach with a tune on my lips and my quest in reach that woman come to you with a song so sweet say damn let the poor sucker sleep Up to tell me, wake up to show me what I could not find. Wake up to tell me, come on, wake up. Wake up to show me what I could not find. Good night. Good night. That's a sleepy. Man. Sleepy. Good night, everyone. Nice whistling. Oh, there's a tick right there. Hey, and welcome back, fuckers, to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, my much better beloved better half. V-Lynn. Hello, Patriots. A little uh, jam band music there to start the night off. Been a little hostile last couple days. Some friends of Mick's, actually. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Dispatch. Yeah, very good group. Move never over listen. this because you're like out of the camera. There if you've you never listened, definitely worth it. Mm-hmm. Definitely worth your time. Yeah. And a great band to see live. Talk about a fucking one hell of a live show they put on. Really, a lot of fun. Hmm. Anyway, anyway. Yeah, I have yet to see them because we were gonna go to them too, but then you know COVID, COVID happened and, and all that bullshit. So whatever. You know, and they're primarily West Coast and Hawaiian oriented. So, yeah. And we're not going there anytime. Soon. Yeah, that ain't happening. Not getting on a fucking plane anytime mm. soon. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I don't want to get on a fucking plane. Yeah. I don't want to be anywhere near anybody. I kind of want to be out in the woods by myself. And it was really weird. So, uh, had a really good friend of mine reach out of absolutely nowhere another army brother yes yeah. from the pits of the bowels what i thought with the bowels of hell because he was an absolute maniac when we were in the military together i mean if we were going out with him well, it was no guaranteed wonder you were such good friends it was guaranteed either i was getting arrested he was getting arrested or we were running from the cops at some point or you were both the night. getting shot or shooting people no, no, that didn't. That wasn't really a thing back then. Think about that. I meant in combat. 
No, well, that's a different story. But no, I mean, this was during peace. This is like when we were just trolling bars and shit. This is what we, this was our Friday night evacuation order. Like, hey, look, gotcha. we're going out to the bars. We're either getting arrested. We're probably going to get shot at at some point. Do I know we're this gonna, cat? No, we're going to end up beating the shit out of someone. All right. Anyway, I figured uh, he was even before John. Okay. All right. So he's even before him. Mm -hmm. So this guy, this cat dates back. He's one of my OGs. This is, um, well, what's the point? What did he say? This is a guy. Hold on. Let me tell you this story because this is the part that you'll recognize. Uh -uh. So I went away. I, um, in the army, when you go enlisted, you have to go to so many primary leadership development courses is what they call them. PLDC is your first one. But you go through so many leadership development courses. You go through PLDC. Well, back in the day, it was PLDC, BNOC, ANOC, the first sergeant's course, the sergeant major's course. And as you got promoted, you went through these courses. And it was supposed to teach you about your rank and your new level of authority and leadership and roles and responsibilities. This, Basically, that. Ronald Reagan shut down the insane asylums, and instead they turned them into military schools. Pretty much. Anyway, long story short, um, I went away for the first time to PLDC, well, it was my only time. PLDC was easy. So it was BNOC. So it was ANOC. They were all really easy. But um, I went away to PLDC for the first time, left my squad, um, probably like really the first time I left in a leadership role where I walked away. Somebody else took my spot type thing. And uh, I was gone for like six weeks, come back. We have this new cat. And at that point, he had his uniform. I could see that there was some stitching in the uniform, but he had already ripped all the shit off because he got tired of people asking questions. And he was really tired of carrying this book of fucking papers in his back pocket. So the second day I'm back, I have no idea who this guy is. Had no idea that we would be best of friends and have a really good time together. I just knew that he was a new soldier. So we're standing there. We had a class B inspection. Class B inspection is short sleeves. You're wearing your, your boots, your, your jump boots, blouse pants. You're standing there in your cunt cap with your pickle suit on. And uh, he has awards that start here and they end right about here. <laughs> he has shit on there. He's like a he Mexican general. He has a mustard stain in his jump wings. Um, and I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, we're five minutes to inspection and I've got to present you. I've got these two little ribbons with a EIB above it and, and a ranger obviously tab. Obviously early in your career. Yes. And that's all I had. Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy's got a ranger tab, got a special forces tab, has a halo, has a halo badge, has a jump master badge with the mustard stain in it. He had awards that I can't even begin to tell you. So he's everything you aspire so to be and achieved. I looked at him and I said, uh, hey, dude, we're five minutes from the sergeant major standing in front of you. What am I supposed to fucking tell him? You went to the PX last night and went crazy with your credit card. You know, you can't wear that shit without orders. He fucking looks down. He reaches into his back pocket and you could tell he's done this about a billion <laughs> fucking times. Because this kid's a PFC. Oh, fuck. A private first class. He's a nothing. He's a nobody. So he was in the army. He's not even a Fought peon. in Panama with, as I'm reading these awards and these orders, fought in Panama with 3rd Ranger, uh, Ranger Battalion. Jumped into Panama. Um, got in two really big firefights. Got shot twice. Um, 
Kid's a fucking straight up hero. Why was he a PFC? Because he had a 13 year break in service. The highest rank they would give him coming back into the army was PFC. He was a master sergeant <laughs> when a. he got out. That's just fucking stupid. Well, about three years later, I he saw him again. He was, again. A, he was a sergeant major. So it yeah. didn't take him long. <laughs> I mean, he already had all the lickies and chewies for it. It didn't take long. But he was just a, a really, well, anyway, we, me and him got into a lot of trouble. Long story short, he used to be a hellion. Um, turns out he found God. Um, really? He's living out in the mountains. And he said, hey, look, the way the world's going, the way everything else is going, I think we all need a fallback plan. My ranch is your fallback plan. Which mountains? Apparently, he told me he will let me know when the time comes. Okay. He said he's been listening. Excellent. So, Mark, brother, welcome. Welcome to the Wolf Pack. Trust me, they honor us, especially those of us who have killed. So they know. Welcome. Obviously not Mark Jason Walker. By the way, no. did you did you watch Leanna's show this morning? I saw the fire. It was fucking epic. It was epic. If y'all haven't watched Leanna's show, I'm not going to say anything. That was an ass-chewing and a half. I am not going to say anything other than she said it all and then some. Although I, I okay, I'm, I will say this. I especially liked the part where he called you a pussy for being a sniper and sitting behind a gun from a mile away and said he was going to come and cut your head off with a chainsaw. Good. Bold move. That that that's what I said. What bold I, move, Cotton. What I heard. That's a fucking bold move. What I heard, and oh. maybe some of you will disagree. I maybe texted it's, Lindsay. I was like, "Dude, you got to listen to this shit. This is fucking awesome." Maybe it's the better side <laughs> of my heart. I don't know. I didn't think I had one. I thought the army took that from me because I wasn't issued it. I thought but it was only given to me. Somebody has. Uh, somebody's got some problems, dude. Yeah, he really does. After I found out that you texted her till all hours of this morning. And kept going, bro. You got some issues, dude. You got whatever you're doing. If you're, you swear to God, you're not drinking. I, I find that Maybe hard to you believe. Should start. I, I find that hard to believe, dude. You, you got an issue. You need to seek some help. You need to get some help elsewhere. Um, seek help elsewhere. Go, go get some help, bro. I, um, you know, that's a lot of frustration. You really, you know, when you start to affect more than one person, Lionel's dead on it. And I tell you what, we don't do that often. We don't like doing it. All right. It's not something I, I take any credit in or I take any pride in. Every single one of you belong here. Every single one of you need to listen or need to hear what you need to hear. You shouldn't be banned from shit. I don't like doing that shit. That's why we don't. He's the first one ever, ever. We have never banned anybody else. Mm. We've never kicked anybody else. We've kicked plenty of bots. So in case you don't know where the line is, the line is when you threaten anybody, threaten period, anybody, I'm not even just me or Mick, because we I banned him when he threatened, started threatening the audience, started threatening the people in the chat. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, that if, was after he'd already threatened me if you, via if, text message if, and I let him stay. If you so. don't believe us, I have no problem. I will. Send me your number and I will share the text messages with you. Yeah. They're disgusting and there's a lot of them. All like fucking 300 of them. I blocked them a long time ago, but yeah. I, I'm just telling you, <laughs> we've got the proof. It's not like we need to tell you anything more than that. It's there. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Sorry. So I don't keep poisonous people around me. No, no, it, it doesn't, doesn't work. No. So anyway, 
any, I'm not saying anything more. Liana said it all this morning. Go check yeah. it out. It yeah. is epic. Her rant went on for a good hour and a half. Hours? <laughs> Roughly about that. She read all the text messages. It was funny. well, her side, her side. Yeah. The ones that she got, which yeah. uh, there was times in there. He was obviously talking to me and Mick, like he was getting it all, me and you, he was getting it all fucked up in his head. I could tell from some of the things that he was saying. So anyway, Dude, um, just get some seriously, help, bro. seriously, go, need help. go, need go, help. go find somebody, go talk to somebody. You need some help. Just saying. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, some minor housekeeping. Well, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you guys notice the title, we've gotten to the point where Justin was at shortly after we met him. You know how hard it is to come up with a title every day. And one's kind of related to the second item. So I was on a Zoom call today with Josh and a bunch of other people. Um, Red Pill Project is transitioning to uh, a bigger platform, decentralized media, which were, was the goal when we first joined the Red Pill Project for him to bring on other shows and, and run a live stream, you know, all day long. Um, so now they are making that happen. We are making that happen. So that's uh, very exciting, but um, we have to start like giving titles 24 hours in advance instead of like 20 minutes in advance. <laughs> All right. I normally give things like two hours, honestly. Um, I can't come up. We can't come up with a title uh, 24 we, hours in advance because the titles are based on the news cycle of the day and the news cycle moves so fast that it's just kind of ridiculous. So we are switching over um, because if you noticed like a few months ago, yeah, all, our time slot staying the same. Nothing is changing with us. We are going to be exact, doing matter exactly matter of fact, the same Tuesdays might now. actually be Tuesdays where yeah. we broadcast from our normal time from yep. where we don't Six have a bump in the time. Yep. So Tuesdays might actually go back to normal. Yeah. Um, so there is some good things that are going to, we're going to talk about it more. Mm -hmm. We have to have a production meeting about this because we're not there. There's a disconnect here. We'll see. We're gonna, Nothing we is changing for us. He's literally just changing talk. the branding over. So um, <coughs> anyway, but uh, it's it's so hard to come up with a title anyway. And half the time we go off the rails and we don't know what I'm talking about the thing that we named the show about in the first place. True. But we, we always get to it. We, we always to. get to the title. We try to. Um, Most shows we get to the title. So six months ago or so, we had switched over to putting the Julian date in the title. Yep. So now we're just going to go with uh, Patriot Party Podcast and today's Julian date. So like today's Julian date is 2460241. Almost like a countdown, but a count up. Mm. Mm. To what? We'll see. We'll find out. It'll be fun along the way. Yeah. Everybody grab your beer. So popcorn and hold on to your fucking seat. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish we got the heads up on that too, Midian. Next time when you're going to do a rant like that, like give us a heads up. Like, okay, I, I guess because you did kind of just jump right into it as soon as that last song ended. That'd be the only thing I would have said differently because as soon as you did, I was stepping out of my truck and I said, nope. And I sat my ass back down and I couldn't sit there for an hour, but I put my earphones in and I went to work and I was listening to you epically carry on. And it was epic. Grand fashion. In grand fashion. Yes. Grand fashion. Anyway, so um, there was so much yesterday that we didn't get to. I know. It was, wasn't even funny. It was insane. 
the news over the weekend was so much. Just, just crazy. Like nine million clips yesterday. I, I know have. you did. I know you did. So um, I didn't send you nearly as many today because I just didn't really have the time, and I I know didn't um, find myself watching. And uh, and and I don't know where quite where I'm at with this, but thinking about the whole decentralized media thing and um, maybe taking a morning slot on there. And since it's an hour show, hour, you know, the morning could be an hour long slot. Obviously, like I said, our slot doesn't change. Um, but I was thinking about ex extending the good book to an hour long. We'll see. What do y'all think? Do it from eight to nine instead of eight 30 to nine. Well, I think the mornings aren't going to be an issue. I don't think no, no, I'm not worried about the mornings. Yeah. Um, but what do you guys think if I did? Because, you know, I only end up after I'm done playing the intro and running my mouth, I only end up actually reading the Bible for like 15 minutes. So. I noticed that like the first day. But. So, uh, but, you know, I, I kind of wanted to test the waters and see how it went. And it seems it's going very well. Um, and I'm getting used to it. So, you know. Are you back in time? Yeah, because I'm back from dropping off Connor at like seven thirty. Okay. So. Or you set up. Set it and up I set it up before. the night before after the show. That's not a big deal. Um. Anyway, I'll I'll think on it. It won't be this week. It might start next week. So. Uh, let's uh. You know what? Let's start here. Bob. Fuck. You can't stop. You're going to do that till the day you die doing it. It's so annoying. Oh. Can you guys hear that when, if I, yeah, if I hear. open the, yeah, the they clip can hear in? It because it's going through the soundboard for the umpteenth time. Well, it's not going through the computer. Except that there are some times when I play a clip and it's supposed to be going through the soundboard and I can't hear it. So True. if it's not added to the stage, I don't know if they can hear it or not. <sighs> Anyhow. This was, uh, let's start with the craziest fucking story of the week or the weekend, as it were. All right, just into CNN, we are learning that an Alaska Airlines flight was diverted because someone in the cockpit, apparently, tried to shut down the engine mid-flight. Seen as Pete Montine all over this for us. Pete, explain what happened here. A very serious incident, John, and this really is laid out in the air traffic control audio that we now have our hands on. This flight, an Alaska Airlines flight operated by Horizon Air, it's its wholly owned regional airline. Uh, yesterday afternoon on the West Coast uh, from uh, Seattle's pain field to San Francisco. And apparently, according to the airline, uh, they call this a serious in-cockpit incident. This uh, pilot on board this flight uh, radioed air traffic control to say that a pilot riding in the jump seat, that is a little seat uh, in the front of the cockpit, uh, typically used by off-duty pilots to try and commute back and forth between different airports, uh, attempted to try and shut off the engines, and then they decided to divert the airplane uh, to nearby Portland, where the plane made a safe landing. But in essence, what they are describing here is an attempted hijacking of this airplane uh, by this off-duty pilot. Uh, we're still learning information about that person uh, trying to come up uh, with a name and some charging documents. We'll see, though. We know at least that uh, this pilot who was off-duty was arrested on the ground by the Port of Portland Police Department uh, and that other agencies are investigating this. The FBI. 
Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Um, first of all, folks, I, 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 I told you it was the craziest story of the week. I, I the don't fuck? know if most of you know this on planes. One of the two people, the co pilot or the executive co-pilot or whatever, this most senior ranking co-pilot, they, they carry one of these. Mm -hmm. Okay. On them, loaded, ready to go. Moments notice. They've been doing it since 9-11. Since 9-11. Okay. Let me tell you something. Where the fuck was that guy when that guy reached across him to fucking shut well, the engines down? Well, they said he tried to shut off the engine. So that's probably how we stopped him. Jesus, I would have fucking drilled him right there and drop. It would be another Steve Inman clip. Oh, look at this fuck stick. What a retard. He's reaching across him. Oh, he just turned him into Swiss cheese. Three holes. Hit him with the gun. You don't even have to shoot him inside the plane and freak everybody out. Because fuck holy that shit. shit. That would be loud. Just fucking hit holy him in the head. Shit. I can't believe that reaching. He reached over to shut off okay, the engine. Listen. In mid flight. Listen, okay. When you're on the big 747, 737, well, 727. Was a, it was a fucking puddle jumper, so it wasn't a big one. Even the 707s, all the way down, the cockpit split like this. You got a seat here, you got a seat here. Both seats turn to the outside, okay? You get in from the outside, you turn back into the cockpit, all right? Right here are all your throttle and stabilizer controls. All of them are right here. Force, and they're right way up front. The handles are up here. You have to extend your arm forward to pull them back. All right. And normally it takes two because you have two per uh, four per for both hands and you grab all four with four fingers and pull them back. Your co-pilot has to do the same on the other side of the, the plane. You have to do it at the same time. Most of the times they have a stabilizer control in the middle, which is an arm that reaches across all four. So you can grab everything together at once and pull it back. Still both Pilot and co-pilot do it at the same time. Is it a push start engine? No. But to reach across to try, you would have to decelerate, oh. throttle down the engines to shut them down. He can't just flip a switch and shut it. Well, he could. He could shut down the APU. If he shut down the APU, if that's what he was trying to get to, the whole plane would have fucking turned off in mid-flight. Yeah. The only way they would have been able to restart is basically an in-flight hot restart. And 90% of your avionics gets knocked out when you do that. Wow. Uh, Not good. Leo said he was going to pull the engine fire suppression systems, which are overhead. That's true. That's They're right there. They're right here. You just flip the switches. You're absolutely right. Yeah. That's. For fuck's sake. Dude, still, bro. Think about that. If, if he hit that, what would it? Leo, you're a pilot. Uh, have you ever flown jets? Or are you a um, single engine Cessna type pilot? Think about that for a second, bro. What would that do to a jet engine? If you hit the fucking fire suppression system, what happens? You have a flame out, right? Now you just have a bunch of fuel spitting out the back of your wings. You no longer have a flame that's starting to thrust that's producing thrust for the aircraft, correct? Uh, that would still be pretty fucking bad. I mean, yeah, the planes are aerodynamic, but shit, dude, they're not meant to fly hundreds of miles with no propulsion whatsoever. They're still big, heavy bulking pieces of metal just saying yeah i don't even could you refire them after you did that i don't think you could I, i'm not sure i i'm not a pilot i know how to fly but that's about it that's just because the army taught us how to do it because we were supposed to just saying 
craziness. Anyway. So that's just, you know, a little, a little, uh, holy fuck. What the fuck shit for you? So I guess we can get into the real news. Not that that's not real news, but well, this is scary because remember folks, this is what our, this is what our enemies look at. This is what they watch. You want to know why I'm worried? I'll show you why. Check this out. By the way, we're going to lose. We're, we're going to go into world war three and we're going to lose. This is, this is why we're going to lose. Did you know that 90% of you will keep going past this video and not follow one of the only drag queens in America that happens to serve in the military? Yeah, you will. But let me show you some pictures of me recently. Maybe to give you encouragement to follow me. So we have me at Ocala Pride. That's me. This is also me at Ocala Pride. And this is me past Sunday or past Friday. What about today, Sunday? This is me past Friday. Aren't I gorgeous? And the other day I had a photo shoot. Wham. I be doing it. So if you want to come on this journey and follow one of America's only drag queens, I'm here for you. Give me that follow. Okay. Yeah, we have nothing to worry about. You're right. You're right, liberals. I We have nothing to worry about. We haven't done anything to our military. You haven't wrecked anything. You're right. Terrorists aren't going to kill us, and this war is not coming to our shores. You're absolutely right, liberals. I agree. Um, you're right. What am I worried about? It's God's hands now. Hey. And that's what God gets to judge. I can't wait. It'll be amazing. That's stunning. You're, you're, you're absolutely... You're absolutely right, babe. You're absolutely right. Look. Stunning. Fabulous. Stunning. I'm destroyed. Craig wants to know if you can shoot him all the way over in England. Hey, I was about to say, BT, bro. Bro, weren't you in the, the force, bro? Weren't you in the Mile High Club? Yes, Mike. You were completely fucked. Weren't you in the, in the, the Blue Raiders there? Uh, I'm just saying, bro, what the fuck, bro? See, see what my problem is? You know, when I used to say this as a joke, but now I look at it as reality. When I came in, when I got in the military, you weren't allowed to be gay. If you were gay, you weren't allowed to be gay. Oh. While I was in, it went to, don't well, ask, if tell. you are, we, it's nothing we can do about it. Don't ask, don't tell. I got out became before it became mandatory. That's where we're at now. Yeah, because we're all going to get fucked in the ass soon. So you know what? Uh, let's start with the military. That's what we always start with, right? Yeah. Except it's going to be China, Russia, all the BRICS nations fucking us in the ass um, if they find us. Anyway. Well, wait, wait, wait. Before we get to this, there's something. Um, you know, Liana, you played something this morning. I want to play this really quick. I don't know how many of you guys have actually seen this movie, but I want you to watch this. This is really fucking good. This gives you a really good, accurate, historical um, description of the Middle East. Something uh, here in America we lack because we don't understand how important their history is to them. And we're stupid because we don't pay attention to this. And there's some shit here I want you all to listen to. And I want you to see some of the banners in here because when this came out, 
Um, it was a very questionable movie by the left, believe it or not. They fought to get this movie to come out. It took Jamie Foxx a while, and that's amazing because now I'm telling you the actor's name. It took him a lot to get this movie off the ground, and we know that he eats kids, so that's no joke. So why did it take him so much? Because some of the shit they put out in this is straight-up fucking truth, and there's shit that I've said since this shit started in Israel, since day one. We got involved, and you're going to see it. We should have stayed the fuck out of it. Watch this. Islamic warriors, Ibn Saud establishes the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. The Wahhabis were fiercely anti-Western. They want to go back in time to a pure Islam that wasn't threatened by the West. It was by chance we discovered oil. We were looking for water. Despite criticism of foreign presence in the kingdom, the king allows commercial oil production to begin. The result is the first union between Saudi Arabia and the United States. To accommodate the workforce, the first Western housing compounds are created. The strict Islamic laws enforced outside of these walls do not apply inside. West and East came together in Egypt when President Roosevelt and Ibn Saud, King of Arabia, they want America present there in the kingdom because we are their security. The Saudi elite became notorious big spenders and lost credibility and respect among religious conservatives. In response to the U.S. support of Israel in the Arab-Israeli war, Wahhabi Muslims pressured the Saudi monarchy to stop pumping oil. Those who control the flow of oil hold the Western world hostage. Prices quadruple. Oil was an American national security priority. The embargo redefined the balance of power between the oil consumers and oil producers. Iraq's battle-trained army swept across Kuwait's borders at first light. As a Saudi national, Osama bin Laden offered his services to the royals. He told them he could bring his army from Afghanistan to repel the Iraqi invaders from Kuwait. But the Saudis had a better offer. A half billion troops from the United States. His offer rejected. Osama took to the streets and mosques to denounce the U.S., the royal family, and their unholy alliance. Osama bin Laden this week again lashed out at the Saudi royal family. We were tracking bin Laden since the early 90s. We stripped him of his citizenship. that 15 of the 19 were Saudis. That was a disaster, a total disaster, because bin Laden at that moment had made in the minds of Americans Saudi Arabia into an enemy. We are with you to get to the perpetrators of this cowardly attack. How dare they 
say they are Muslim. This is a nation where tradition and modernity are in violent collision. Now, Qaeda's thought of have been behind the bombing. The team of FBI agents prepared to investigate the attack in Saudi Arabia. The latest terrorist attacks showcase the great division between the pro-U.S. monarchy and the extremist Wahhabi militants within the kingdom. So, one of the reasons I wanted to play that was one of the things Leanna played on her show was, or one of the things she talked about this morning was this Muslim law, which is 100% true. Um, it's the whole reason anybody that was involved in the intelligence field was basically th sent through a course to learn how to administer um, lie detector tests. And these are straight up, no shit, pads, the whole bit, the pad underneath your ass, the foot, foot thing, the palm, everything, where we could administer a lie detector test because they are allowed to do that. It's part of their, um, as long as it's moving the state of Islam forward, they can lie on the Quran all they want. They most certainly can do that. It is part of their fundamental beliefs. That's why we... Inst instituted this program with lie detectors, even though they figured out how to beat them too. But it was part of that that made me think about the intro to the movie of the kingdom because it talks about the treaties that we've signed with Islam. And one of the big things that she talked about this morning were the treaties that they broke and went back against the United States, especially against the United States, forget Israel. They didn't give a fuck about Israel. But the United States, if they could break a treaty with the United States early, they would do that in a heartbeat. And I started piecing it out. And if you look at it, since George Bush and everybody covered up 9-11 and made the Saudis not really a part of 9-11 where nobody can prosecute them. And you look at that and you say, wait a minute, nobody's called on Saudi Arabia since the treaty that we basically signed in 1932 or the 1974 Amerco deal that allowed us to get oil out of the Middle East. Nobody's broken that treaty with Saudi. The first time would have been 9-11. So what if this all has Saudi earmarked money all over it that's going on in Israel right now? This is not about, this is about the caliphate. This is about the rebuilding of the caliphate that has been gone for over 150 years now. This is about the Muslim caliphate. This has got nothing to do with Israel. This is everything to do with us. Iran just somehow suckered Russia into this and Russia thinks they're going to end up on top of this. I don't know how. They're just as much infidels as we are. The enemy of your enemy is your friend. That's kind of where I'm going with this. And there's a reason why. Bring this up. I don't hold a lot of respect for this man because I did his job and he did a lot of bad shit that he wasn't supposed to do. But one thing I did always like about him, he's very honest and he's fun, very blunt. Forward moving man. Uh, Eric Haney wrote a book inside Delta Force. And if you've kept up with that book on Audible, he's given some updates to shit he said. 
He's talked about some scary shit. All of it's come true. And he's has the periphery of looking at this after fighting several wars that you didn't even know took place. We're going to listen to this really quick because this is really important. And I'm actually going to try and tie it into the soundboard really quick. Uh, if I can do that, I think I can, which is fucking badass. Thanks to Liana. I just got to find it. I know it's out here. I'm just going to find it in here. And I think I can. Um, no, that's the LG. That's, that's a screen. Let me see if I can. I don't want to screw anything up. I don't want to screw anything up. I'll just do it through the microphone. It's not a big deal. Let's pull the mic down to me. But just listen to this. This is from Eric Haney inside Delta Force. Um, this is a really, this is scary. Just listen. You'll hear. Post 11 September 2001. I finished the last major edit of the manuscript of this book several weeks before the terrible attack on that sad Tuesday morning, and I feel compelled to give my thoughts on the situation we face. There is nothing we can do about the past. We can't go back and fix anything. We can't turn back the clock and pay attention to things that were ignored, but we can work for the future. And the first thing we must do is realize something about ourselves. We are a good and moral people, and we form a nation that is the hope of mankind, quite possibly the last hope of mankind. Don't listen to our enemies or the weak sisters in our own ranks who accuse us of all sorts of purposeful atrocities around the world. If we were what our enemies said we were, Afghanistan would be a smoldering and uninhabited moonscape. Iraq would be the same, and quite possibly several other places on the map would be in similar shape. No, our sins have been those of omission and inattention. At most, we have been a selfish people, concentrating our attention on the creation of wealth and becoming fixated on the contemplation of our financial navel. And as you have gathered from this book, we as a nation were never really serious about the threat of terrorism in the past. Our government did little more than apply band-aids to abrasions while ignoring the festering infection within. All we really did was to keep terrorism away from our own shores. Little real work was accomplished because the political leadership lacked the will to tackle the problem, and their lack of willpower was caused by the intuitive knowledge that the American people would not support the effort. Our enemies became bolder, while the nation and its agencies were focused almost exclusively on the petty problems of self-absorption, rampant careerism, and bureaucratic infighting. And then came September 11th, 2001. We now know what we are up against. And I am convinced that we as a nation finally have the resolve to protect ourselves and eradicate the scourge of terrorism. But make no mistake, it won't be easy and it won't be quick. The worst parts, the most threatening parts of the terrorist menace will be eliminated rather rapidly. But that won't be the end of it. The work will go on for years, if not generations, until the sources and causes that bring about terrorism are addressed and changed. Notice I said changed and not defeated. For what must change is the attitude of a large part of the Muslim world, 
The attitude that the United States is responsible for the ills suffered by that segment of the world's population. We can't do the changing for them, but we must help bring it about. But at the same time that we are working to help the Islamic populations of the globe find their place in the modern world, we must continue to seek out and eradicate terrorist threats wherever they exist. Delta Force will be one of the principal weapons in that fight. Just be grateful that such a force exists and is filled with nothing but dedicated, capable, and self-sacrificing men. Men who willingly put their lives on the line for all Americans. So I say to you all, maintain courage, have hope, be patient, but at the same time, be vigilant. And tonight, when you're comfortably in your bed, in those last few quiet moments before you go to sleep, give thanks to whatever deity you speak to that we have a group of men who readily go in the worst of harm's way and are prepared to lay down their lives, if that's what it takes, so that you can live a life without fear. Remember, we don't call ourselves the land of the free and the home of the brave for nothing. Eric L. Haney, American Citizen Soldier. It's going to be a long fight. No matter what happens, terrorism was not meant to be obliterated. How do you obliterate a thought? You can't. That's his point. He has the comfort of sitting back now in retirement and saying that. But at the same time, he says it, he's dead on. This is, it's, this is not going to be pretty. This is something, and I hate to say it, Eric, you helped start because you were a part of Delta back then when they were doing shit in the Middle East, in Beirut, in Lebanon. <clears throat> That's when we got involved. We should have stayed the fuck out then. We need to stay the fuck out now. It's not going to happen. Let Israel handle Israel. Israel's better at... Look, all right, I, I'm a former team guy, and I'm telling you, they are better at this shit than we are. They taught us how to do it. Why do they need our help fighting terrorists with hang that only have hang gliders and handmade fucking rockets that explode on themselves half the time they don't exactly and yet we're going that's the scary part we are going this is what hmm, not scary to me just scary overall that the escalation is this far yeah well we have seen some worrisome attacks and we got to do what we got to do to protect our troops uh, on the ground particularly uh, in iraq and syria you've seen us add additional military capability uh, to the region uh, we are watching this very, very closely. Uh, so I don't want to get ahead of where we are, but right now uh, we don't see an indication that a major player is willing to escalate in a major way. Well, we, ha we have seen some worrisome. Wait, they don't see, he doesn't see any indication that a major player is going to escalate in any way. Uh, China just floated a fleet of ships into. Yeah, this, I want to say this the was on Arabian um, Sea. This was yesterday. Yes. Okay. He said this yesterday. China sailed it on Sunday. They started sailing on Sunday oh, is oh. when I got the first alert mm -hmm. that a fleet, one of the Chinese fleets, 13 destroyers, two aircraft carriers, 14 support ships, and uh, I forget the other number of battleships or what they consider battle cruisers, were in route 
to the Arabian Sea. And uh, uh, well, here this was um, um uh curb curb you, you know you were an admiral. He's so triggered. This is great. Timeline of what that might look like? No. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. Thank you very much, Greg. Um, there is no doubt that the U.S. is known for human rights values around the world. Don't you think the U.S. has delayed this time as far as human rights are concerned, what is happening in Palestine since day one? No. I couldn't disagree more with you, sir. Not at all. I mean, from, from the very beginning, early hours of this conflict, uh, we made clear. Uh, not just to our Israeli counterparts, but to the American people and people around the world that we, we take the respect for innocent life seriously. And we have been talking about the law of war since the beginning. You can go back to the first statement that the president made uh, after the attacks of October 7th and see it right there. It's been a part and parcel of every conversation that we've had. And we have been working hard. We have been spearheading the efforts to get that humanitarian assistance in. It came, those first truck convoys that Kareem talked about, came after President Biden spoke to Prime Minister Netanyahu in Tel Aviv, and then to President Sisi on the phone coming home on, on, uh, on Air Force One on Wednesday night to get that stuff moving. And within a couple of days, they had some road repairs they had to do. It started flowing. No, sir, we have been working uh, the, the issue of, uh, of human and civil rights and protection for innocent life since the very beginning, and that's not going to stop. And the rallies that happen in some of those countries, which are the allies of the United States, some of these rallies were in very huge numbers. Don't you think President Biden needs to play a role towards peace instead of saying that he could handle two wars at a time? Does that give a good impression? to fight two wars at a time instead of working for peaceful things? From the beginning of this administration, we have been working for a more integrated, cooperative, peaceful, stable, and prosperous Middle East. And I'm not going to reiterate for you the list of accomplishments, but they're all there. I'm happy to send you an email with them. We have been working hard on trying to get uh, uh, the Middle East to be a more stable, prosperous region. That's not going to change. Now, obviously, um, you know, these attacks on October 7th were horrific, and the Israelis have a right and a responsibility to respond to those attacks. Um, I think everybody understands that. And so we also understand that the focus of countries in the region, particularly Israel, is going to be on that. It's our, it's our focus, too. But that doesn't mean we're going to give up. It doesn't mean we're just going to walk away from it. Um, okay. We still believe in the promise of a two- Shut oh this God. pastel Wait, 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 hold we're on, wait, listen, listen. And we're still going to continue to work for that. We still believe, as a matter of fact, key to eventually getting a two-state solution is normalization between Israel and Saudi Arabia, and we're still going to work on that as well. Wow. Get this pastel-wearing piece of shit out of, my, out of my face, please. Jesus, what a fucking douche. Mother, dude, do you guys have a pair of shoes in the White House? No. Do you? Because you all wear fucking flip-flops. You all do. One day it's go Israel. Next day it's go Palestine. Then it's go Air Palestine. Erizpalestine. A two-state solution. Shut the that's fuck what up, Israel John. wants. You're calling, you're making, you are... Does he not understand that he is dictating from that podium? That is U.S. influence around the world. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. So and is, stand it, by real quick. And Leo, no, I'm not going to go off on that. Oh, I do. Don't get me wrong, brother. 
I want to go oh, off. Oh, we on did. It. We talked about that. I do not. I will not put. Team. I will yeah. not put the pictures up because no, I don't want you to go look for. We it. We put the blurred photo up. Look, the, no, don't go look for it. It doesn't need the airtime. We don't even need to talk about it. Yes, it's seriously fucked up. It is seriously fucked up. Yes, we talked but about it. I, I'm not going to give it any more airtime than it doesn't need because it doesn't need the airtime because. Honestly, the one thing that we do have is our anonymity, which protects us. Not anymore. Us. No, they, they, dude, that's that's like four dudes. Okay. All right, first of all, there's like seven hundred, if not more. Okay. And way more, I can tell you that much. There's a lot. Trust me, you're not getting close. All right. Well, here's your um, here's you know you love this guy, your BFF. I know he's one of your favorite people in the administration. Turning the page to what has happened during the following two weeks, UNICEF says 1,524 children have been killed in the Gaza Strip during these bombings. Why isn't the U.S. calling for at least a temporary ceasefire? First, Margaret, when I hear the stories, when I see the pictures, of young children who have lost their lives in this conflict of Hamas's making, whoever they are, wherever they are, whether they're Palestinians, uh, whether they're Israelis, whether they're, they're Jews or Muslims, it hits me and I know it hits virtually everyone right in the heart. And that's why it's so important to do everything possible uh, to protect them uh, and why it's so important to do everything possible to get assistance to those who need it. So Food, why not ask for at least a, a temporary pause in the bombing, we've, as was proposed at the end this week? We've seen, first of all, that uh, in order to get assistance in, um, we've, had, uh, we've had that happen. And you saw the first 20 trucks go in yesterday. I expect more will follow today. And the day after that, we want to make sure that we have sustained delivery of, of, of food, medicine, water, the things that people need. At the same time, uh, I said something a minute ago that, that we, have to we have to remember. Um, Israel has to do everything it can to make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, freezing things in place where they are now would allow Hamas to remain where it is and to repeat what it's done sometime in the future. No country could accept that. Okay, so uh, hold on. First off, Israel, mind you, Israel deliberately very methodically shut off all food, water, and medical aid to the Gaza Strip. They did it on purpose. They provided water to the Gaza Strip. Why? Because the, why didn't they have running water in Gaza? Because Hamas dug up all the pipes and used them to make rockets. No, in tunnels. Tunnels, whatever. Um, so Israel was providing water and food to the Gaza Strip. They shut it off when this happened. And now we're providing food, water, and medicine to the Gaza Strip. Make that make sense. I can't. UNHCR, first of all, is the biggest thieves out there. They're the worst. You can ask any military guy out there. Anytime that we get to a territory in which, well, let's say we got a fight, 90% of the time we find UNHCR bags everywhere. Why? Because they were there first arming them. That's my belief personal belief it's nothing i can corroborate just a personal belief that i saw i saw them they did it something i can't prove but 
I have my strong suspicions. Always believe that from the get-go. A lot of military guys that will tell you about the UNHCR too. Same fucking thing. They transport terrorists everywhere. Hmm. How do, you know, tell me something. There are about eight different planes that leave Afghanistan on a given day, or used to be. Used to be. Now there's probably like two. But used to be about eight given planes leaving Afghanistan on any given day. Nine of, eh, I'd say about six of them were probably military. Outside of that, you might have had your one or two civilian flights. What were the other flights? Oh, UNHCR flights. Guess what? Not customs inspected, not checked, left from sometimes our installations. Makes you wonder, just saying, they're the only people that had more security than we did. That's weird. Because we, we carry a bundle's worth of security with us. And they were the only people that have more security than us. That's weird. That's very weird. Dr. Pyrostein, fuck Al Chapino. I'm Pacino for president. I say let's um let's elect Marlon Brando for president. Is he dead? Yes, exactly. Fuck all of that. He'd speak better than yeah. Joe Biden. How about we just take it back as a people? Exactly. Elect our own president. Just take it back and elect our own. We could literally though, we could we could do a whole AI campaign for Marlon Brando for president, and he would probably win because people are so fucking stupid they would forget that he was dead and we could run him on a democratic ticket yeah totally talking about socialist values and then we'll turn around and drop republican norms on him yeah it's a good idea yeah anyway that could be what they're doing with joe who knows he's been dead for a hot minute so i hear his granddaughter said that he died in 2019 by the way in her diary yeah um uh, this is what's this is what's going on. Supposedly, as they're dropping bombs on Gaza Strip, but I hear Gaza in turn is you know shooting rockets back at Israel. So, now look, folks, there's a couple of things I heard, and I don't know if any of this is true. I'll be honest with you, I have no, I no idea because I have nobody on the ground there. That can... I, shit, this is the AP. This could be from 2014, for all we know. I haven't been able to talk to anybody. Um, over there that I know, first of all, because none of the ground communications are there. So it's not like you're getting through trying to cut all that shit, by the way, if you weren't aware. Um, but this shit, we can't confirm any of it. I, the only thing I have to go on are other Jews that know Jews that live in the area. And they've been either in cell phone communication with them, email communication with them, or we've gotten the um, text message from friends that we know that have got, sent us messages. They're not involved in the military. What I'm looking for is more government type. Mm -hmm. um, the guys I know are more government types, but I just want to get the uh, no bullshit assessment on the ground. Hey, what the fuck is going on? Right? Would, you guys paused everything now. Yeah, well, here's here's why. Because Joe asked them. Yeah, I know he did. Because Joe Biden is pressing Israel to delay their expected ground invasion against Hamas militants in Gaza. Now, some humanitarian aid has been let into Gaza, but advocates say much more is needed to alleviate the suffering of the Palestinian people there. ABC's Anastasia Katera has the latest from Jerusalem. 
As Israel steps up its aerial attacks on suspected Hamas targets in Gaza, Israeli authorities also gearing up to launch a full-scale ground invasion in the hopes of wiping out Hamas. But according to a senior administration official, President Biden and other Western allies are urging Israel to delay their offensive, hoping that any pause could allow additional hostages still being held by Hamas to be freed. Israel's defense force increasing their count of hostages taken from Israel to 222. Some Israelis gathering outside of the IDF headquarters concerned about those hostages. The IDF saying, we will begin the next stage of this war at a time that is of our choosing and best for us operationally. That expected ground war in response to the Hamas terror attack that killed 1,400. Already, more than 5,000 have been killed in Gaza, with over 15,000 injured, according to the Hamas-led health ministry. Entire neighborhoods wiped out, building after building reduced to rubble. Overnight, this refugee camp struck. Health officials in Gaza say more than 40 were killed, mostly women and children. Rescue crews searching the rubble for any survivors. Young children rushed to the hospital. The same camp also hit by shelling on Sunday. Over the weekend, more than 30 aid trucks were allowed through Egypt's Rafah crossing into southern Gaza, bringing much-needed food, water, and medical supplies. But hundreds of trucks normally enter Gaza each day, and advocates say much more is needed to ease the suffering of the Palestinian people. We need secure and sustainable access in there, in that region, so that we can feed. This is a catastrophe happening, and we just simply have to get these trucks in. And many arguing that the real solution is a ceasefire. The only thing the international community is doing is pushing for some humanitarian aid to the Gaza Strip, not even a ceasefire. This is dehumanization for Palestinian people. Clashes are also intensifying along Israel's northern border with Iran-backed Hezbollah militants in Lebanon. More Israeli towns in the north are also being evacuated with fears that that could become a new front in the war. Yeah. Um, but remember, Kirby said they didn't see any indication that any major player was going to, you know, do anything. Let's forget about China, though. We're not going to. I'm not, I'm not memory holding that. I'm sorry, Kirby. You're a fucking idiot. Everybody knows you're an idiot. You're Joe Biden's lackey. You think you're going to get something out of this in the history books. You're not, you're going to go down looking like a fucking fool. That's what's going to happen. I mean, he already looks like a fool. Here you go. You wanted to talk about China? Here's China for you. China and the Philippines traded accusations over a collision in disputed waters of the South China Sea on Sunday as Chinese vessels blocked Philippine boats supplying forces there. Armed forces of the Philippines released this video showing the Chinese vessel grazing the hull of the Philippines boat. The collision occurred during the Philippines' resupply mission to troops stationed on a rusted World War II-era transport ship used as an outpost on the shoal. China's Coast Guard said they were lawfully blocking the boat from transporting illegal construction materials to the warship. Manila responded by condemning in the strongest degree the dangerous blocking maneuvers of the Chinese vessel. The U.S. sided with the Philippines, offering support to its ally. In a statement on Sunday, the U.S. State Department said China's actions amounted to repeated harassment in the South China Sea and that they were dangerous and unlawful. Beijing claims sovereignty over almost the entire South China Sea, including parts of the exclusive economic zones of Brunei, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Vietnam. The Permanent Court of Arbitration in 2016 said China's claims had no legal basis. Mm. Oh, yeah. See? 
Okay. <clears throat> Let me rephrase something we've used here a lot. Weak men create hard times. Hard times create hard men. Hard men create easy times. Easy times create weak men. How about this one? Weak leaders create hard times. Hard times create hard leaders. Hard leaders create easy times. Easy times create weak leaders. That's where we're at. This is this is just a weak leader, folks. That's it. That's why they're they're they they would not have had the balls like this under Trump. Why? Because they had no idea what Trump was capable of. They still don't. Normally, we're really good in this country. Why? Because we change out our leadership pretty regularly compared to other countries. However, the one thing we don't change out, the one we should change out, Congress, the Senate, should be a full dump every two years. 100% um, flush. Uh, the staffers. Everybody. Not just, not just everybody. Mostly the staffers. You no longer live in Washington, D.C. Peace. Mm -hmm. Seek life elsewhere. Go do your job. Stop being a staffing bitch. Pushing policy from a position in which you weren't elected to do, nor were you elected to write. I'm here. Here's here's another one for you. No major players doing anything. Nope. We are keeping a close eye on the action unfolding in the Middle East. U.S. defense officials confirmed to Fox News that a base housing U.S. troops in Syria was attacked by drones this morning. No injuries have been reported. It comes as the U.S. Bolter, bolsters its presence in the region. Two aircraft carrier groups have been deployed, joining fighter jets that have just arrived. The Pentagon is also sending more missile defense systems. And Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has about 100 more troops on ready-to-deploy orders, adding to the 2,000 troops already on 24 hours' notice to deploy to the Middle East. It's all in the hopes of deterring Iran and other bad actors from interfering in Israel's war with Hamas. Meanwhile, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is connecting the dots, warning of the larger looming threat to the United States and deeming Iran, China, and Russia a new axis of evil. The world is more endangered today than it has been in my lifetime. You have to respond to conditions that actually exist that are a threat to the United States. The Iranians are a threat to us as well. And so this is an emergency. It's an emergency that we step up and- This fucking fish? Turtle. No, he's, he, uh, what was the- uh, Turtle with a jab injury. What was the X-Men movie? Remember the, the, the Senator in the X-Men movie? who got injected with the, the serum and they brought him up and he got hit with the, the, the flash from Magneto in the original X-Men movie. He turned into a blob that looked just like this. That is exactly what he looked like. He's not a dude. He looks dead. I mean, he's, and, he looks very jab injured. He's had a, a few strokes. Jesus. Deal with this axis of evil. China, Russia, Iran, because it's an immediate threat to the United States. Mm -hmm.
Pete, the argument is that. One question real quick before we continue. Where was he looking? Does anybody know? I couldn't tell. I'm asking for a friend because I was trying to look at his eyes and I had no idea where those motherfuckers were going. One was up here. One was over here. What the fuck, Mitch? Well, neither one of them works, so it doesn't really matter. Holy shit. That he is voicing what the defense and intelligence communities have been stating for a long time. The question is, will our administration respond accordingly? The problem is I have, I don't even want to say little, no faith in this administration to execute, no faith in Lloyd Austin at the Pentagon to put together a coherent military strategy. And then you just have targets in the region uh, who are not deterring anything. This is the administration that was going to deter the Ukraine invasion, that was going to deter the Taliban from taking over Afghanistan. They're obsessed with climate, climatizing and climate change in the military. And then real threats pop up. And all they've done instead is drive Russia into the hands of China empowered Iran with money and the capability to reach a nuclear bomb. Imagine if they had a bomb and what the situation would look like in that scenario. So it's good to have troops there if you're really going to deter. But if you're led by fools, which we, which we are right now, and I don't, I mean, Mitch McConnell could say that he's part of the same foreign policy consensus that brought us to this point, then it doesn't make you feel good about the situation we're in, even with all that combat power. And Tammy, that's exactly the point that Apparently, deterrence hasn't worked at all, given that just this morning, our troops yet again were fired on. Well, look, and then you've got, whether it's McConnell, people who've been in Washington for decades. And the answer has always been for decades, just stop Israel, just, you know, go in, then stop and withdraw, have ceasefire, send in the aid. Uh, and it's over and over and over and over again. And this is what you end up getting. You get you get an entity that believes the same damn thing's going to happen, and it encourages them. They push it further and further and further. And that's what we saw. I don't know. Maybe Joe Biden would call what happened on the 7th a limited incursion. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But that is the problem. It's not just your opinion. What you stated is the world's opinion. And we saw that after Afghanistan was the panic with in Taiwan and other places about people feeling like they're on their own. And, oh, the joy of that. So... Is this a war with Hamas? Yes, but it's a proxy for Iran. We can't ignore that. And I think that this is what, when we, will more Americans die? In all likelihood, just like they did in Afghanistan. This is on the hands of Biden and everyone in the establishment who's let this grow into the cancer that it is. All right, I, I, I can't keep going on that. The Republicans got to stay away from this warmongering shit. I'm telling you, this is not what I want to hear. I don't want to hear that more Americans are going to die because that means everybody, everything everybody else did before this was for naught. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. Fucking bullshit, bro. Fucking yeah. bullshit, bro. What's next? Um, Says one. you don't want to let her finish. No, I, I she said something stupid too at the end, but. I mean, thanks. Yeah, we, uh, I I really, you know, you know what I I noticed I don't like I, I don't like Rachel Campos Stuffy. Really? Yeah, there's something about her I don't know, something that don't feel right. I don't know about the rest of y'all. I don't know if you saw it, but was that even her? That didn't even look like her. Yeah, that supposedly was her. Huh. From what I understand, weird. That looked supposedly her, isn't it? Wasn't it her or what, who was that? I don't that know. Was that Rand? Now I wonder. Yeah. Because whoever that chick is, I don't like she that She looks chick. skinnier than. She doesn't like. Yeah, then no, I think that's her. 
Sure. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't watch them enough. Yeah. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken says Israel and Gaza cannot return to the status quo. Watch this. I think we know two things. Uh, We can't go back to the status quo. They can't go back to the status quo with Hamas being in a position in terms of its governance of, of Gaza to repeat what it did. At the same time, what I've heard from the Israelis is absolutely no intent, no desire uh, to be running Gaza themselves. KT McFarland with me now. Okay, KT, any idea who could run Gaza when this is over? Nobody has any idea who's gonna <laughs> run Gaza when it's over. And the way you think of it is three problems. So who's left in Gaza when this is over? And let's just assume, by the way, as a precondition, that Israel does go in and destroys Hamas, political leadership, military leadership, military depots. So who's left? There are probably a million Palestinians who want out, but where do they go? Egypt doesn't want them. Jordan doesn't want them. Israel doesn't want them. They probably can't come to the United States because they can't be vetted. So you've got a problem of where are the refugees and who's left? Then the second part of the problem is Okay, so what is this new government? What would it be? Hamas is gone, and Hamas runs everything in Gaza. Could you have free and fair elections? That seems pretty unlikely. Hamas was elected with supposedly free and fair elections. Would the UN come in and maybe have somehow oversee some kind of transition to power? Nobody knows. Did the UN want that job? Probably not. Then you have Palestinians on the West Bank of Egypt, on the east side of, of Israel, on the West Bank, They might think, well, we could run it, but nobody wants them to run it. And then the final thing. So one is who's there? Number two, who's running it? And then the third question, who's not running it? Pause, pause, pause. Folks, listen to me. Why can't they come to the U.S.? It doesn't matter if they're vetted. None of the people coming into the U.S. are vetted. Okay, look, listen. First of all, our first problem is this. What One of the things... I know this is going to sound odd, but when we went into Iraq, there was actually a very clearly defined mission, specific, like there was a target. We knew what we were going in there for, and it was not about weapons of mass destruction. I don't give a fuck what anybody tells you, anybody that was ever on the Iraq ground with we never went into Iraq on this suspicion of weapons of mass destruction. That was all fake news and media bullshit. That was trying to solidify a point. I don't know what. It was never about that. But what I can tell you what it was about when we went in there, we were going in there literally to eliminate the regime. Our job was to kill everything that the regime wore. Any way we could identify them, we were to root them out and kill them. That was our job. That's what we were supposed to do. It's what we did. Now, this is one thing, one more time, the United States needs to take a gigantic step back from this. Let Israel handle... You know what? I so don't care about who runs. The problem is, is we're already sticking our fucking dick beaters in there trying to say, okay, well, who's going to control the Gaza Strip? No, stay the fuck out of it. Let them figure it out. Look, if you don't let the two bullies on the street fight, it's just going to fester and get worse. It's going to be drama every day. Let them fucking duke it out. Let's see what comes of it. 
and just stand by because there's a lot of pussies out there. We know that there's a lot of pussies that say, Oh, well I got big weapons. Yeah. Use them. So she was implying that the elections in Gaza were not free and fair, that they were maybe stolen by Hamas and that we should go in there because of that reason. So does that mean that we should expect other people to come in here because our elections obviously weren't fucking fair? And even still, leave it alone. Exactly. Just let Israel handle it. If Israel asks us for help, that's where this is. You know, Joe Biden actually could walk away with raising, upping his numbers if he just did this. Sit in the corner and color. If he sat in the corner and colored on this one. And not pictures of naked children. He would actually raise his numbers because Israel's going to handle Israel. Why he went over there and stopped them, I have no idea. Oh, it's got something to do with their deep state plan. But hey, let's see what Uncle Jack has to say about uh, it. I'm not happy with him either because he I know. he thinks that we should be boots on the ground there right now. And yep. I disagree completely. Jack Keane joins us this Monday morning. General, is a wider war inevitable? And what is America's military role in it? Yeah, well, just listening to the secretary there and what he said, he's seeing the prospects of a significant escalation. So what that tells me is that obviously they have some intelligence that indicates there will likely be an expansion. We already have U.S. bases in Iraq and Syria that have been attacked by Iranians proxies. We have a destroyer that was attacked and defeated uh, a missile attack. And, and that same uh, source, the Houthis, were uh, sending rockets and missiles uh, towards Israel, which that same destroyer defeated. Uh, so yes, it, it's, it appears to me, look at the Iranians greenlighted the operation that Hamas conducted, the butchery and slaughter of Israeli citizens that, that we've all been reporting on for 17 days. And they are also likely, uh, while they may not have made the decision to expand yet, I, uh, possibly what we're seeing is their preparations to do that. And it'll probably be dependent somewhat on the Gaza operation that the Israelis are, are conducting. But so our viewers understand, Iran is the strategic enemy in the Middle East. They, they have stated for 40 years now that their objective is to dominate and control the Middle East and to control the flow of Persian Gulf oil. Stuart, something that you report on regularly. And, and also to accomplish that, they have two objectives. One, destroy the state of Israel, and they're dead serious about that. And number two is drive the United States military out of the region. So it's all part of the same story here, as far as I'm concerned. Deploying assets into the region is, is the appropriate thing to do to possibly deal with our own military reaction. But we also need additional assets. You saw the air defense systems. We have army bases, air bases, a major naval base, uh, in multiple countries in the Middle East, not just in Iraq and Syria. So we have vulnerabilities there to attack, as well as significant capability to do something about it. General, we're just receiving this. Two U.S. defense officials confirmed to Fox that a base housing U.S. troops in Syria was attacked by drones this morning. No injuries have been reported. But this continues what you've been talking about, 
attacks by Iranian proxies on, uh, on American forces, essentially. What should our response be to these attacks? Well, I think our response has not been sufficient. We are defending them, and that's the appropriate thing to do. In other words, a drone is coming in our direction, knock it down, certainly, and, and or knock missiles down. But we haven't been taking aggressive action. Stuart, so our audience understands, for three years that the Biden administration has been in power, the Iranian proxies have been attacking our bases in Iraq and Syria close to 90 times. And we have only responded a handful of times, counting the responses that we've had just recently. So we need to step up our game here. I think one of the reasons why Iran is being so aggressive, Stuart, is because we haven't deterred them, obviously. Uh, Hamas is, is unimpeded in terms of the damage they're trying to do to, to the Israelis. And the Iranians are backing that and likely going to expand the war because they see opportunity here. And the United States is not deterring them. These proxies that are attacking us right now, we should be hammering them and make certain that, one, let's take the capability away from them to attack us, and two, let's yeah. break their will in terms of any doing any further attacks. It all sounds ominous. It, it doesn't sound ominous, you fucking idiots. Just stop. Just, it's so simple. We need to get the fuck out of this now. We, we really do, folks. I, I'm dead serious. Look, you want to know what all my years in the Middle East taught me? Two things. First thing, it don't matter how many white faces are on brown soil. It don't matter. These fuckers are going to fight and kill themselves. It doesn't matter. You cannot change what they think. You, you can't. You, you can't change what they think. You can't change what they do. They do them. I don't have an issue with it, honestly. It's freedom. Be free. Be married. Carry on. Do your thing. You're not going to change that by putting white boots or white faces or brown faces or black faces or green faces or blue faces. It doesn't matter. You're not going to change what they think. Look, whether it's Israelis and Palestinians or Palestinians and Israelis, it doesn't matter. The thing we are being dragged away from, and it, it drives me crazy. What about the United States, folks? What about here? What about your neighbors? What about your neighborhood? What about your city? What about your town? What about the place where you live? This shit, folks, it's already here. It already came through our southern border. It's open like a wide fucking vessel. Biden put it out the day he got elected. The border's open. Come on. They've been doing it. 90%, 90% of the illegal aliens being caught. Are they coming from Mexico? Nope. 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 They're coming from the Middle East. Coming from other countries outside of... Or China. Or Africa. Folks, they're invading us. Tell me, babe, where were the training camps for the terrorists in the Middle East? Where, initially? Weren't there in Africa? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Tons. That's why we moved there. Mm -hmm. That's why we adjusted fire, shifted our mission. And now we have 
refugees coming from Africa. Sure. Mm. Well, I want to play this. I, I almost, I didn't get to this last night because we didn't have enough time, but I really want to play this last clip about Israel because this is from a different perspective. Okay. So. Shalom. I want you to know before I start the video that what I'm about to say is very controversial. So if you don't have an open mind about what's going on in Israel right now, and you don't want to hear something that might rattle your preconceived notions a little bit, I suggest you turn off this video right now. I'll wait. Okay, if you're still with me, that shows that you're open to listening to some facts and a timeline that points to a very disturbing conclusion. This isn't a video I want to make, and it's something that pains me. I, I had a lot of uh, inner dilemmas whether or not I should do I should do this video, but I feel like nowadays uh, truth and transparency is so important that I feel I should share it with you. So we're all trying to make sense of what happened on October 7th, which is Shmini Atzeret. Some call it Simchat Torah, when we all know Gaza, Gazans came in and basically slaughtered a thousand Israelis and kidnapped a bunch, all in the matter of about seven hours. So what I want to do is reverse engineer this thing a little bit to kind of help you understand why I believe that this was an inside job. First of all, we'll start with September 1st. By the way, everything I'm about to say, everything I'm about to say will be backed up with actual links to news articles or video footage. And if you want any of, any of my sources, I'm happy to give them. September 1st, the Israeli government confiscated the weapons of the security teams in the Gaza Belt communities. This was done against the will of those security teams in the Gaza Belt communities. Why that happened, nobody knows. Fast forward to September 10th. On September 10th, the Moetza, which is basically the municipalities of the Gaza Belt communities, received reports, they received reports, these are civilians, received reports of increased tensions on the border of Gaza during the Jewish holidays, which of course span from Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Shemini Atzeret, which, is, which was on Saturday. Those same heads of municipalities asked the army if they should cancel their festivities in light of the warnings of increased tensions on the border of Gaza. And what did the army say? They said, no, don't cancel anything. It appears as though we're heading into a state of calm. By the way, all links I will share as soon as I uh, have a chance to comment on this. Now, you can assume that the Shabak did not know about this attack, but that's highly improbable. I mean, Israel is probably the most advanced surveillance state in the world. And the Gaza border is probably the most heavily surveilled. And 
the Shabak who somehow knew how about a guy who had Corona in a toy store and tracked him all the way to a soccer stadium during the days of Corona somehow didn't who somehow didn't know about this massive attack planned by thousands of random Gazans on pickup trucks and hang gliders. Are you serious? Are you really that stupid? Do you really believe that? Because if you do, I have a bridge to sell you. Anyways, so then there's the theory that the, they're called in Hebrew, Tatsbitanot, which is basically the command and control center. These are the people, mostly females, who observe, who's tasked with observing the Gaza border fence. They say, there's a theory that says that they were hacked or that, the, that, they, that they conquered the, or that they blew it up before they could, uh, they blew up the equipment that surveilled. Well, that's BS because there's actual video footage that I'll also share with you of those same uh, command control center operators reporting on the breach of the fence. The fence was breached in 15 different locations. And you want to tell me that the most highly advanced surveillance equipment on arguably any border in the world didn't pick that up, didn't report it? Well, they did, and it's documented. So don't believe that lie. Now, once thousands of Gazans on pickup trucks and hang gliders invaded Israel, which apparently nobody knew about, right? Okay, you believe that? which apparently no one knew about, they had seven hours to kill everyone in their path, completely destroy kibbutzim. Not only that, take hostages back to Gaza, unscathed, unopposed. Now, there are people who say, well, a bunch of battalions were moved from Gaza over to Judea and Samaria. First of all, that's BS. Second of all, okay, so what if they did? Do you know how long it takes a, an, an attack helicopter to, to get activated and blow up any one of those tractors or pickup trucks or hang gliders that invaded Israel? Less than five minutes. And I know, every, I know all these things firsthand because I served on the Gaza border. Less than five minutes. It all could have been over. From 7.01 a.m. on October, what was it, 6th or 7th on Saturday, I believe it was October 7th, it could have been a five-minute, it could have been a matter of five minutes before the whole thing was upended. And instead they had seven hours, possibly eight, to conquer kibbutzim, kill thousands, and bring back hostages alive, unopposed, and there's many people that say, oh, well, this was just a breach. No, that's not a breach. I'm sorry, that's not a fucking breach. That's an inside job. And if it's not an inside job, well, then that's even worse. Because that means that the IDF is the most incompetent military that ever walked the face of the earth. And now we're supposed to trust these people to invade Gaza. They're calling up thousands of reservists 
to invade Gaza under the command of a military that A, didn't see this coming, and B, is too incompetent to react to a, a bunch of pickup trucks with AK-47s invading Israel? You tell me which outcome is worse. What's worse? That it was an inside job or that the Israeli army is really this incompetent? Which one is scarier? You tell me. You tell me if you trust this same military to send in thousands of incredible Jewish souls dying to fight for this land into Gaza. And no matter how high their morale is, and it's high, and these are, these are brave warriors, but none of it matters if the people calling the shots are the same people who allowed the Gaza militia to invade Israel's borders, kill thousands, take back hostages completely unopposed. Like I said, this is not a video I wanted to do. This is not something, and oh, by the way, now America is coming with aid? Do you really think Israel needs American aid to fight Gaza? Gaza, their most elite force, their air force is hang gliders and their ground troops are pickup trucks. They don't even have a tank. And we need American aid to, Israel needs American aid to fight them. Are you fucking serious? You don't think that there's anything fishy going on here? You really trust the IDF to send in all these reservists into Gaza, the same people who A, didn't see this coming, or the alternative, which is much worse, they're so incompetent, they can't even handle a couple of pickup trucks and hang gliders invading their border, killing thousands and taking hostages for seven hours practically unopposed and able to go back yeah so well welcome first of all no, stop seriously stop laughing all of you and i'm being dead serious here to that gentleman first of all welcome and i'm i'm dead serious when i say this you're in our realm. You're in our world. Welcome to it. Now you understand what we question. We already asked those questions. We asked those questions the day it happened. Mm -hmm. How? Look, I've worked with the IDF. I've worked with Mossad. They are both very competent, very capable, and sometimes too competent and too capable. I've worked with them. There's no way that they let this happen like that. Like what he's saying. No way. No way in hell. Nope. Sorry. Inside job. That's I've, I've heard that. I've, I've heard green on blue. I've heard different shit, which makes me wonder, question a bunch of different things. But I wonder, are they not reporting it for the sake of embarrassment? I, I mean, is it possible? Sure, I guess it is. But really, the Israel Israelis? I don't know. Well, here we are today.
There have been an increasing number of attacks on U.S. forces in the Mideast involving Iran. And tonight, the Pentagon is moving more resources to the region. Courtney Kuby reports with late details. Tonight, with growing threats to the U.S. military in the Middle East, the Pentagon making significant moves, including reinforcing their air defenses, rerouting the USS Eisenhower carrier strike group to the waters off Iran, and telling more U.S. troops to be ready to deploy. After at least six attacks threatening U.S. troops in as many days in Iraq, Syria, and the Red Sea, the U.S. blaming Iran and their proxy groups. We know that Iran is closely monitoring these events and in some cases actively facilitating these attacks. U.S. officials say troops would not go to war in Gaza and the goal is to deter a larger regional conflict. NBC News recently had an exclusive look at that deterrence. This is the HMS Prince of Wales. It's England's newest and biggest warship. But right now, we're out here to see how the British Navy and the U.S. Navy and U.S. Marine Corps are all working together. That includes U.S. Marine Corps Ospreys and F-35s that are practicing landing on the deck of this British carrier. U.S. sailors, U.S. Marines, Royal Navy sailors, Royal Marines have operated alongside each other for years. But right now, we're really focused on deterring any actor, whether it's Iran, whether it's one of the of non-state actors. And just today, the U.S. took down two drones targeting American troops at Altans in southern Syria. There were no casualties. Thanks for watching. Stay updated about breaking news and top stories. You're not going to have any casualties at Altans. Good luck with that. I've been to Altans before. Good luck. Tell me, babe, is moving all <clears throat> that firepower and troops and ships and whatnot, is that a deterrent or is that an invitation? It should be a deterrent, but with the current administration that we currently have that lacks the ball power to do anything, it would be an invitation. That's you're, what you're I putting thinking. more things in the way of mines and I, mm. I man, oh man. Mm. Anyway, so um, it's almost time to smoke. It is. It is. Hey, let's let's do that. It's been a deep show. It has been. We're so fucked. We, we so really fucked. are. Would you bring the video? Yeah. Because you know what I want to do. You want to get high? Yeah. Yeah, I do, Tally. What do you say, bro? Okay. We do that. We do that, Tally. Let's do that. All right, so if you know what time it is, fuckers, and I know you know what it is, go ahead and get it up. If you got it, spark it up, light it up. It's that time. The J-Man. So I uh, got a bunch of paperwork and documents and shit in line today to, to go to court with on Thursday. Registered the roosters as service animals, emotional support animals for Mick for his PTSD. I just need your uh, your documentation saying that you have PTSD. Stuff so saying you have PTSD? My 100% connected disabilities over there. It is? Where? Okay. It's over there somewhere. Somewhere. Whatever. Look. I printed that out a while ago. Just for this reason. And then we called a friend of ours, a judge who's no, been on the show before. He's been on our show. Yep. Who's a, he's a judge in the neighboring county, our old county. He got elected uh, after uh, we helped him. Yep. 
I'd like to say we pushed him over the line, but yeah. and he, he did his own thing. He did. And he's going to, he's running for uh, district attorney against. Um, I know. So we'll have him back on. For I that. can't wait because I can't wait to talk to him about that because crime in Savannah is going to, if he becomes district attorney, I, I would think that crime yeah. in Savannah would disappear. But he gave us some advice on how to address the, the issues because they, code enforcement obviously has not followed their own procedures, and I have it all printed out and highlighted to what they've not done, which they are required to do per their own regulations. But on the other hand, I don't want them to like turn around and have to do all that and have us go back to court in six months because that would suck too. So I want to get it all taken care of on Thursday. We'll see how it goes. But now Mick has service roosters. I registered the roosters, not the chickens, not the hens, because we're allowed to have the hens because we have more than an acre and the enclosure is more than 50 feet from the road. And um, yeah, the fence isn't, but the enclosure is. And uh, yeah, so that's fine. Um, but the roosters technically we're not supposed to have it unless they're emotional support animals, which they are because they give you a, an additional sense of protection around here because they let you know when strangers come to the house. Yeah, I found out today. Amazon driver. Yeah, surveyor. One of the county surveyors is out there doing something. And uh, I, after you left, yeah. I heard uh, Butterscotch, you know, Butterscotch yeah. going nuts. I Buttercup. was like, yep. what the fuck is going on? I ran out there and I was like, what are you carrying on about? There's a guy. All mm -hmm. Yep, sure enough. And all the chicks and everybody was right up against the fence. And I was like, uh, even the ducks. Yeah. Even the ducks follow them. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Yep. It's impressive. Annie got out this morning. Um, I was almost late. I was this close to being late for the good book. No joke. Uh, I, um, I let the dogs into the backyard so that they could, because I wasn't intending to walk them until after the good book this morning. So I let them into the backyard so they could do their business and, uh, and bad on me. I didn't close the gate. And then I went out to the pool house to get a podcast rolling and all that. And I came back in and Seamus told me that Annie was out. And so I initially went outside and she had obviously gone right up to the fence because every single one of the chickens was on top of the enclosure. <laughs> all of them. There's like a whole fucking flock of chickens roosters on top of the enclosure. I was, I was like, all right, she's out. And I walked down towards the side yard, but she obviously hadn't gone that way. So I went and got Seamus and, uh, and he went and found her. And thankfully their, their friend Porter was out cause his little girl had just gotten on the school bus. So, um, I went and got, Annie was easier to catch after she had played with Porter for a few minutes, but literally I walked back in the door with the dogs at eight 27 and I was like, fuck, fuck. So close. Yeah, I wasn't listening. Didn't hear that. Anyway, but it was okay because then I didn't have to give them their morning walk after the good book because they took it upon themselves to go beforehand. Yeah. But if I switch it to an 8 a.m. start, then I will have to most definitely walk them after the good book every day, which is fine. So. Mm. I guess so. Anyway. Moving right along. All right. Leo says, just tell them that you identify as a trans gay black Muslim Jew. To cover all the bases with a medical condition that they can't ask about due to HIPAA laws. And you're quadruple vaxxed and wear a mask to the hearing. Ooh. 
That's a, that's not a bad idea. No, it's not a bad idea. No. However, here in this town, that probably it wouldn't go work. as well as. Um, as uh, but what I am going to do is one of the things I am going to do is I'm going to bring up to the judge. I'm going to remind the judge that this person is a trusted agent of the court. One of the biggest things, especially in this county ship and getting county shits. Uh, <clears throat> look, these folks from. So, for instance, wherever you live, if you have. Um, if you live in a housing development where they have guards and all that other shit and rules on what you can do in your yard, what colors you can paint your house and all that other shit, guess what? They also have a rule too, when it comes to court, they're not allowed to lie. And if they get caught lying, they go to jail. That's a big deal. Okay. Cause listen, in a criminal case and I, and I know, this isn't criminal. This is like I, a, it's I, like a ticket. I, I know it is. But in this case, we're depending on the lady that I have documentation now for that has lied six times. Mm -hmm. And she swears or affirms that everything she said is truth, truthful to her knowledge. On the paper. best that she can swear on paper. on paper. And it's a straight up lie. And, we and it's a it. straight up lie. And I can prove it. And yet we as the public just because this lady's lying didn't do her job because she's fucking lazy we as the public we have to take it we we you just have to sit there and take it see that's where i have an issue no if you're a trusted agent of the court like a cop and a cop can't lie on the stand and you lie on the stand is somebody doing it something as mundane as this i'm sorry you should be able to ask for that person's removal right there and then, because as far as I'm concerned, a cop would lose his job right there and then the second that he lied on the stand and he'd probably be charged with a crime and he'd go to jail for it. I, you just need to call your friend, the county commissioner, your boss's friend, the county commissioner. That's who well, she I'm, works for. I'm going to call him. I know Ooh, you're going gonna to call him after this, because when I find out that the judge says the same thing that, our friend said, I'll yep. just be like, okay, I just want you to note on your record because there will be a recorder there who will record all of mm -hmm. this. And this will go into public record. Yep. I want it recorded that I said these words that this should happen because this is unconstitutional at its most basic level. Mm -hmm. And he knows that as well as I do. And it actually lays it out there on the code enforcement website that they have to follow these procedures so that they don't vi violate your constitutional rights. And she did not follow any of those She's procedures. So therefore she violated our constitutional rights. Violated my second, third, fourth, and sixth amendment. Right. So anywho, um, so uh, on the home front. Not on our home. In the U.S. Yeah, exactly. Don't um, worry, Dirty Mob Head's still doing the job of covering up for the or trying to cover up. Well, you know what? Uh, so now they've now they've actually the GOP has officially nominated Emmer to be the uh, to run for Speaker of the House um, in bad. yet another secret ballot. Are y'all familiar with Emmer? He actually used to be a paid a paid spokesperson for a George Soros. Back to company. The Soros Foundation. Yep. He was a paid spokesperson for a Soros company. Okay. Um, and he is not a Republican. He's not he's even. He's not a conservative. He's not even a patriot. 
and he, he doesn't have the votes to get this. So the fact that they even put him up is insane. Well, no, but- it tells you something. No, it tells you. I'm, I'm sorry. Look at it. It's desperation. Yep. Look, what are they? Tr- exactly what you just said. What are they trying to secure here for real? Can you think about it past the tip of your nose for three seconds? Yeah. They're not trying to secure Republican votes. No, they're trying to get the Democrats to vote for him. Bingo. Yeah, absolutely. Watch. Absolutely. Telling you right now, watch what's going on. Be careful. These people, they're not dumb. Nope. They know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They need somebody with this type of clout to get Democrats to vote for. Fuck, a Soros-backed DA is nothing compared to a Soros-backed Speaker of the House. Holy shit. Can you even fucking imagine? It... You know what? He might not win it. Oh, wait, LG said he just dropped out. Did he he lost the vote? He dropped out. Well, anyway, here's how the White House reacted to that that idea. I bet they were gleeful. I bet they were almost happy. Republicans have selected Tom Emmer as their speaker nominee. I know you've said very often that the White House does not have a vote in this. Not, I'm not, sure. <laughs> but Emmer has been one of the more supportive Republicans for Ukraine aid across the board. Do you see that as a positive signal? I'm just not going to speak to their process. I'm sure there's more more steps to go, right, uh, before we get to the end here. I think it's important and critical uh, that uh, that the, the Republicans in, in the conference uh, get their get their act together, get their business in order, and figure out who's going to lead uh, lead not just the conference. Obviously, be uh, since they have the majority in the House, uh, have a speaker for the House. Just not going to get into it. I have said just moments ago, we have seen bipartisan support uh, for you for uh, for the supplemental package that the president uh, announced last week uh, that we announced that we spoke through to last week. And so we believe that Congress should move forward with that as it relates to their process and finding a speaker that is up to them. Uh, we do not, as the president has said himself, just quoting him, we do not have a vote uh, in that. You, you, you know can't what, you, move forward with that without a speaker. No, no, no. You know what they're doing? Watch, watch this. I already know what they're doing. Watch yes. this. This is a classic play. I'm going to put all these bills forward. Watch, watch. I, they, they're going to build them. They're going to push them forward and they can't move forward. Why? Because we don't have a speaker. And whose fault is that? The Republicans' Absolutely. fault. Absolutely. How is that going to turn bad on us? Because if this for another couple months, we're all fucked. Because soon that's going to turn into public opinion. And uh, soon the government's going to shut down and we're not going to have a speaker to even be able to do anything to get it Even to open, open the government. You're going to be, they're going to be working for free at that point. You think they're going to work? Come on, folks. They're not even going to have a staff there. I mean, we, we actually, Mick and I debated this the other day. What happens if we don't have a speaker on November 17th when the government runs out of money? When the government shuts down? What happens if we don't have a speaker at that point? Well, first of all, the House still can't convene without talking about getting a speaker. So that can't stop. That is first and foremost. It, it's over everything else. The House cannot meet until that's done. Once there's a speaker at that point, what happens at that point? Well, the government shut down because we blasted through that date. And by that point, um, fuck, we're going to be upside down in so many different ways, not only financially, but militarily. We're not going to have much of a military left if we do. And because they're not going to be getting paid. What do you think you're going to see a bunch of people doing it for free? Folks, it comes with a paycheck. And now that all those restrictions are off because Biden took them off, dude, they're going to cut their pay right off the bat. 
They'll be expected to do it. Show up because your first sergeant required you. Who the fucker is he paying my bills? Next, I think that's the plan too. I think that's always been the plan. I think that's how they're going to destroy the country. They're going to let the government shut down without a speaker being elected. The dollar will crash. You know what the no? You know what's going to happen? Stock market will crash. Listen, you know what's going to happen? No. There are about a butt ton of veteran-owned businesses out there. Let me tell you something. One of the first things we heard when the government was about to shut down was the last go-around. My boss was talking to a bunch of his buddies that they're officers in the military. They lose their paycheck. They're like, look, I'll take a part-time job. Mm-hmm. I'll figure it out. I'll take leave. I'll do something to keep in- income coming into my house. And these guys were all talking about, hey, we come work for you because we're pretty lenient about scheduling. It's not a big deal. If you can't show up, can't show up. We got people that can do it. It's not a big deal. It's always nice to have a second set of hands up. Somebody that can run and grab something from the truck or grab something to help you out. And uh, <clears throat> we're always about having help. It's not a big deal. Leo, essential government doesn't get cut, but they don't get paid. Yeah, that's the point. They don't work now. They don't do shit now. They're all fucking DEI hires. Do you really think that they're going to go to work even as essential workers if they don't get a fucking paycheck? No, dude, they ain't going to work. Not happening, bro. These officers know how to do it. You can pull it off if you do it right. Even if they have to show up, they've only got to show up for a couple hours. They're officers. Most of the enlisted handle all the real rear D bullshit. But does your boss have enough work to get them? That's the point. Exactly. That's something where we're at right now because we're already struggling because we got two new people that we didn't plan on having. So, hey, you gotta, we'll figure it out. But one of the things we would do is absorb them. We'd say, yeah, come on. Yeah. Come on as a part-time employment. Yeah, we'll pay you. Shit. As long as you're going on jobs, we'll pay you. Hmm. Well, here's what Kevin McCarthy had to say about all of it. That freaking little sure, that fucking wench Alvin carrying from, on like a little fucking yeah. Alvin and the Alvin chipmunks. Alvin and the chipmunks, yeah. Cunt. We want to take you back to Capitol Hill where moments ago Representative Kevin McCarthy spoke to our Scott McFarlane about the GOP House Speaker nomination. Let's listen. I gotta say, I'm like for me, what's your understanding for the folks in the room who are holding up? Why? Well, what Tom is doing right now is having those who have a difference of opinion to come up and directly ask him what is the problem and see if he can solve it. That's the best way to handle it instead of going to the floor. Try to see if we get but to Is this the same opposition you face? Is it the same people who ousted you that are opposing no, him? No, I only had eight against me. So, what, what any what, number of people can always just come together to form an opposition? It feels that way. You're in a very bad place. Should he so wait what? until he has 217 votes to go to the floor? I would. I'd have that discussion here. That's exactly what he's doing right now. So what exactly, what, why do you say you're in a very bad place? What is a pretty strong phrase to use. Why do you think you're in a bad place? We've been three weeks without a speaker. We let eight people work with every single Democrat to put us in here, to go directly against what our conference rules say, that if you do a motion to vacate, you have to have 50% of the conference. And so now we're in a situation where... Remove the speaker. Wow. Remove the majority leader from being speaker. Remove Jim Jordan from being speaker. Fucking liar. Uh, no, 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 no. You don't need 50% on a motion to vacate. You needed that when the Democrats were in charge under Nancy Pelosi's rule package, not under your fucking rule package, Kevin McCarthy. 
no, no. You just you needed took one. the speaker position on the condition that you only needed one vote to pass a motion to vacate. One, not 50%, one. Wow. What realm do you live in? Now, you Kev? do need 50% to rid yourself of the speaker, but that's not how he phrased it. No. That wasn't how he phrased it. No, he no, said no. that very specifically yes. that it yeah. was like under yeah. Nancy Pelosi. Like he did it rules. illegally. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, he did let Nancy retain her office. So maybe he was still playing under Nancy's rules. Mm. Oh. Hmm. Every single person that's won. So, and now oh, we just. Stop. Gone through a battle I don't want to hear the rest of the, this bullshit. Okay. I actually got a question for you all now. Mm -hmm. Does that change your mind about what Gates did? No, because I approved of what Gates did. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you disapproved of what Gates did before, does that change your mind? Because if you think about it, Gates just flushed out another shill. Yep. Uh, he just showed you that this cocksucker wasn't playing ball with us from the beginning. Why should we trust him? He obviously was working with Nancy Pelosi behind the scenes because she kept her fucking office. Yep. Yeah. She was still the speaker. You're absolutely right, Leo. He was Nancy's bitch. He still I is kind of wonder folks. probably making her fucking drinks you know, in her private office I, every day. Gates might seem like a bitch to a bunch of you, but I'll tell you what, you know, the more and more I think about what he did, he has integrity. He kind of saved us from a fucking, he's flat out said, I'm willing to be ousted out of Congress to, for having done this. I, I'll stand by it. A hundred percent. I think you should I hate to say it, but Gates has integrity. I, I, I hate to say it about any politician because they're so rare, honestly, but that's kind of where I'm at with him. Anyway, um, here's Interesting. a, yeah. This is, um, this dude voted against, and he explains why. I can't go along with putting one of the most moderate members of the entire Republican conference in the speaker's chair. That, that betrays the conservative values that I came here to fight for. So um, I, I hope there's a change along the way. He doesn't have the support in the room right now. I can't go along with putting one of the most. Who, who, who is he voting against? Uh, Fucking Emmer. Okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no. I thought that this guy was talking about Jordan or something. No, 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 no. That's, like, uh, Jim, that's Jim Banks. That's why he voted against Emmer. Yeah, I don't yeah, blame him. He was voting against Emmer. So he's a bitch. Yep. He's a little slut. He's going to be the Democrat slut on the Republican side in the House. It's what we get to look forward to. This is, I hate to say, what it. the fuck? What? We just lost our fucking background. What the fuck? I have no idea. So random. I didn't do that. I know you didn't. What did you do? I opened the video and it flipped to the screen and it kicked out the virtual background. Very random. Very random. Weird. Anyway. Um, but, you know, hey. We don't have a speaker. But we have an open border. Yeah. And, and there's a uh, lot of people coming across the border that probably shouldn't be. You know, Just hey. They, they, they can't do anything about it. Nothing. Well, 
there's no speaker. CBP reportedly warning Hamas and Hezbollah terrorists could be crossing the southern border. As sources reveal, there have been more than 23,000 known gotaways this month alone. Our next guest has nearly three decades of immigration and homeland security experience. Laura Reese is the director of the Heritage Foundation Border Security and Immigration Center. She joins us now. Uh, Laura, I, I just got to go straight to the numbers because I think they tell a, a great story and not so great at the same time. So if you compare uh, the fiscal year 17, 18, 19, and 20, uh, you got two, six, and three. But if you go to fiscal year 23, you got 169 people that are on the terror watch list. Should we be concerned? Absolutely, because in addition to that number, we also have at least 1.6 million known gotaways. These were illegal aliens who purposely evaded the Border Patrol, gave up their free plane ticket to anywhere in the U.S. because they didn't want to be fingerprinted. So we have to assume among them are additional known or suspected terrorists, convicted aggravated felons, drug smugglers, and human traffickers. So uh, we have to act like the sleeper cells are already here in the U.S. and preemptively find them, and they should be detained. So, Laura, I, I guess the question is, why do the folks feel so comfortable coming now to our country illegally? Because they know the border's wide open. Mm -hmm. There's been foreign nationals from over 160 countries who've come through that border, just why Joe Biden has been in president. Uh, the word has gotten out, and they know that the open border policies um, are in place, and now is the time. So when, when uh, illegal aliens get into the country, they call back home, they tell their family, they tell their friends, they say, now's the time, it's easy to get in. And mm -hmm. so the flow keeps coming. So, Laura, it's not just people on the terror watch list. Apparently, encounters of Chinese illegal immigrants at the southern border have surged over a thousand percent. That, that's right. In, in 2020, a typical month would see about a thousand Chinese nationals uh, at the border. And just in September, that number has jumped to 7,000. And the vast majority of them are single adults, and most of them are male. So given the number of ways that uh, China, Beijing um, spies on the U.S., we have to assume that there are Chinese spies that have come into the U.S. and, again, act accordingly. Uh, Secretary Mayorkas of Homeland Security, unfortunately, has directed ICE to not arrest, not investigate, not detain a lot of uh, many of the illegal aliens here and Americans shouldn't wait for a terror attack to happen for the Biden administration to act. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but it's not smart. Um, I, I know they get these same numbers that we're reporting to our audience. Let's just hope that they change before something happens. Uh, Laura, thanks so much for joining the program today. I'm let me uh, <clears throat> let me back that up a little bit because she brought up some really great points. Think about this for one second, folks. These Chinese immigrants that we're talking about, some of you, I'm not talking about everybody in the chat, but some of you might say, well, wait a minute, these might be good people. Let me give you a clue as to the migrants that are coming from China right now. You know that the triad 
organization basically disappeared in China overnight. You, you did hear about that, right? Mm -mm. The triads are a syndicate. They're very mob-oriented, very mob-like. Um, and uh, China basically decided one night you're not going to be anymore. And uh, they all disappeared. Okay? Um, so let me put it to you this way. The people that are coming over our southern border, the single males, the individuals, they're not the cream of the crop that you would think. They're not the citizen type that you would expect. They're not really refugees fleeing for their freedom. They're being sent here because that's how they eradicated the triads in China. Because they sent them to South America and told them to find their way to America. And one day they might actually be able to make it back to China if they make enough money. Or if they follow orders, do what they're told. Exactly. Or they won't have to make it back to China. One day they might they're be rewarded reprobates, with folks. a house and an income and a car. They'll just take it from someone else here when you know that China has literally designated every single house in America to a Chinese citizen already. You know that, right? Good luck. That was like years ago. Good luck. <clears throat> All right. So we got to go early because obviously we start early tonight. But Josh before, is coming up next. Josh is coming up next. Um, Liana, what is what is your debut tonight here? I see them talking about you getting all dressed up. I missed that part because we were standing at the end of the day. What are you debuting on? Why are you all dressed up? Well, it is W7 tonight. No, it's not. It's Tuesday. Oh, no, it is Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what are you debuting tonight? What are you dressed up for? Oh, shit. Inquiring minds want to know so we can plug it. Um, but to, before we go, I just I want I want to play a little something for you just for fun. Wait for it. <laughs> Cunt. <laughs> oh, she's going on PTP. Ah. She's going on the locker room with PTP podcast. Gotcha. Yes. Go check out Liana. She's going to be all dolled up for her PTP interview. Mm. I can see. Now I understand why. Okie dokie, madame. My right. bod. I'm sorry. I was not aware. You yeah. were invited. Either way, she'll be back tomorrow morning at 834. The good book. Yep. Don't forget, you still always save 20% at electrofreedom.com with promo code WOLFPACK. Only for the Wolfpack. You're only the only ones that get 20% off. Correct. Electrofreedom.com. Um, we are about caught up on our orders. Tammy, you'll be going out tomorrow. Um, yeah. And my Patriot Supply, go check them out. Mm -hmm. You need your you, you, you need, need your food now. Yes. You need your food now. Yes. Folks, now is not time to fuck around with it. Fuck around and find out it's past. We already played that game. Fucking go get your food, please. My Patriot Supply, get your 90 days, at least 90 days. It takes 90 days. 45, if you got the electroculture sticks packed away in your oh shit box, mm -hmm. and then you pull them out, you stick them in the ground, throw your seeds in the ground, start growing shit immediately, get your seeds off the ground, and that 90-day food supply that you get in that bundle will last you the 90 days. Because it's coming, y'all. You need to eat. Please, please. You need to eat. So please. Uh, Define prep.life. Scratches electrofreedom out. Electrofreedom.com. Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah. 
Anyway, yeah. fuckers. Uh, Till then, uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. Normal show, 545 for the pre-show. Mm-hmm. Uh, 6 p.m. for the regular show. And uh, we got anybody coming up tomorrow night? No. No, but um, our friend in Connecticut that's running for the Board of Education is joining us on Thursday. Can we get him and his opponent? No. Or any opponents? I don't think so. I'd love to moderate a debate between the two of them. That'd be fun. With nary a question in preparation. I'd just ask questions. Uh, maybe when we get closer to the race. But for now, hmm. we'll just talk to Adam. Uh, the link for the PTP podcast, that is going to be on pilled.net. Go look for PTP podcast on pilled.net. Leo, everybody on the Rumble side, y'all have a great night, fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the Pilled side, y'all have a great night. Check out Liana over on the PTP podcast. And you can check her out tomorrow morning at 9.05 yep. uh, on her show. Right after the good book. Yep. And we'll be back tomorrow night. Regular show, 5.45 for the pre-show, 6 p.m. for the regular show. Till then, for the Mick. And be Lynn. Have a great night, fuckers. We'll see you later. Thanks for watching. Peace.
trying to buy. 